This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. It's time to talk pitching with the pitching guru, Scott Emerson. Chris Townsend sits down with the A's pitching coach exclusively on A's Cast. Outside corner, ring him up. And Eaton can't believe it. Perfect pitch right on the black. Here's Chris Townsend. Well, now joining us on A's Cast Live, it's the pitching guru, Scott Emerson, and he's going to teach us about the science of pitching. How are you in Texas? I'm doing pretty good. Yourself? Uh, we're doing well as we're, you know, looking at the, the the final games of the season. What's it like for you guys as you're trying to finish this, this thing out? And, of course, you're trying to do it on a positive. Yeah, you know, uh, all our guys are trying to go out there and continue to compete, stay healthy, uh, get through, hopefully uh, learn some things uh, from uh, their experiences on the mound. You know, you know, a lot of young guys who, uh, you know, haven't pitched in the major leagues and some guys who are in, you know, their second and third years. So, uh, you know, just trying to understand how to get through a season. You know, some guys got through a great season last year, like Cole Irvin. And uh, in 2020, he didn't have a season. So he's working on two good seasons in a row and, uh, you know, constantly checking in on him and his health and how he's doing and, uh, you know, trying to get our guys to understand that, uh, you know, we're also uh, big picture thinking about, about this organization's future. You know, that is – you talk about the science of the game. There is something to that when you think about – pitching an entire season where you're getting 30 something starts it's about your health it's about your mental health there's a lot that goes into taking care of yourself your body and your mind just talk about how you try and educate guys to be able to do that year after year after year because it is not easy to do well you, you know like um, you know from you know, my days in the minor leagues, all the pitchers could ever think about were uh, getting to double A. And, they, and then they'd all of a sudden they'd get to double A, and some of them would, you know, stall out a little bit in double A. And you were always thinking, hey, if we could get them out of double A, uh, a, a chain of scenery can help. Well, when you're in the big leagues and you're with, you know, one team, there is no chain of scenery. So it's, it's pretty much Groundhog Day every day. How am I going to deal? with coming to the park every day, the same ballpark, the same trips, around the same group of people. And, um, you know, it is a grind, and it's a, it's a mental grind. And that, that mental toughness shows up that, uh, for me, you go out there and you just think about your job, and you think about the things that you're supposed to do each and every day. You know, you start out with having a routine. What do you do in the morning time? Do you get up? Do you go eat breakfast? Do you sleep? Uh, what time do you eat lunch? What time's uh, dinner? You know, what time is stretch? There is a routine that everybody should incorporate, but then you got to have that mental toughness 
and the ability to deviate from that routine. Once that routine becomes maybe superstitious, then I think guys get in trouble. You know, they feel like they got to do certain things every day. You got to be able to be flexible. And that's one of the things, you know, you're preaching to your guys is, you know, the flexibility of doing something and, and the big picture thinking of, we're not just thinking about today. We're thinking about the future of not only the pitcher's career, but the future of the organization. So a lot of it is, you know, finish strong, uh, work hard each and every day, do the things that you're always doing. And then, uh, you know, learn from each and every day. You know, I always say, you know, uh, sometimes you win, sometimes you learn, you, you know, you got to be learning from mistakes. And if you keep making those same mistakes over and over again, you know, I, they say that's the definition of insanity, doing the thing, same things over and over again and expecting a different result. So we want good results and positive results. So a lot of it, you know, like you said, starts with mental toughness each and every day, coming to the ballpark, being ready to go and, and being able to cope with your surroundings. You know, I recently ran into Cole Irvin after his last bullpen session before his last start, which was really good because the one before wasn't, and he knew it. And he talked about refining some of his pitches down in the bullpen with everything that you guys got down there and that you work on. You know, there's a big difference between learning a new pitch and refining a pitch. Talk about how much refining you do with a guy in a full season. Yeah, you know, uh, you're always constantly, for me, when, when you're, uh, you know, trying to get guys to master that delivery, and masters the way they throw that ball, uh, then the pitches generally show up. You look at guys who, uh, you know, struggle with breaking balls more times than not. It's not the breaking ball that they're struggling with. It's the where they're throwing the breaking ball. They either bail out, meaning their front shoulder rotates before the hips and their arms drag a little bit, creating a big different, a bigger shape than what you really want out of a curveball. So I, I always feel like when you go back and, and you're, you're able to keep your delivery under control and and it's your delivery it's nobody else's delivery you get your head down into the action you finish off the pitch all your pitches will play and i think uh you know and and then you got you know some some grip changes some pressure point changes on on some pitches and you know cole came in the bullpen with with a good idea of of uh getting back to you know his dominant pinch for for a while has been his two seam fastball and uh you know, it's kind of been up in the zone a little bit for him and maybe not moving the way he'd, he'd like it. And, uh, you know, we've worked on the slider the last few starts as well. And, you know, he's a great fastball change-up pitcher. He, he's the definition of hitting his timing, pitching his disruption and timing. And, and uh, you know, working on those contact pitches, the sinker and the change-up, and, and getting the separation and speed, you know, moving away from each other. Uh, you know, that's his game. And then, you know, when he incorporates that good breaking ball and he's able to get that thing in the dirt, then that takes Cole to a whole nother level. And you have some young guys who are just getting their feet wet, feet wet in Major League Baseball, and we're seeing two of them here in Texas and Waldachuk and, and now Sears. What are your expectations for them down the stretch? Well, you know, one, you, you, you want to get them through the season, you know, finishing strong, uh, keep their starts alive. You know, it's, it's, it's kind of hard sometimes because you get a, you get a guy from a whole 
uh, different organizations and you want to kind of watch and learn what they're trying to accomplish and what they're trying to do. Generally, it's three or four starts before, you know, I like to get in there and start talking to the guys and have them actually tell me, you know, their philosophies and their thoughts. I think the first, you know, three or four starts are kind of for them. We, we traded for them for a reason. Our, our front office acquired these guys because, uh, you know, they want them to be pieces. And I think, you know, at some point you, you let them go out there and pitch their game. And then at some point now you dig in and, uh, you know, you use your analytic department and you, you talk about each guy and how we're going to move forward to get them to reach their maximum potential. But, you know, both of those guys have a, a good feeling for me. Um, they generally throw strikes. Uh, they mix their pitches well. They've got a good foundation. I think it's just taking them and building on that foundation. You know, you build the house, you build the foundation first, and then after you build that house and the foundation comes the furniture and, and uh, you know, what type of windows you want and, and all that type of stuff. And, and that's kind of the analytics side of it is, all right, where are we going to go with what these guys can do? And then also, you know, you know, for me, the minor leagues, I've spent a lot of years there. I, I know what the minor leagues are all about, but it's different when you get to the big leagues because these big league hitters actually tell you what you need to be doing. And uh, you have to understand that as well. You know, you, you might not be able to just throw fastballs by a major league hitter like you could throw a fastball by a minor league hitter. You might have to actually execute the command. You might have to have, to have that change of speed. So they, they think that, oh, he may be throwing a slider, then boom you beat them up top with that, that good fastball. So, you know, the minor leagues helps you uh, get your pitches right, but the major leagues will tell you how you need to use your pitches. You know, we, we can go on baseball savant and see which pitchers are being thrown, and we can look at different spin rates and stuff. Uh, obviously, your guys' analytics is much more sophisticated. The one thing that I have noticed with Waldachuk, and it's kind of like my golf game, there's certain shots that I have that – I have a love-hate relationship. When they're going good, it's great. When it's not going good, it's a disaster. Uh, I've seen the last two starts, him not throw that Vulcan change as much as when we first saw him. And I know he has said after games sometimes uh, there's not the feel for it. Does he have a love-hate relationship with his changeup? Because when he does have that changeup and he does have confidence in it, boy, he's a different guy. Well, I'd like to think not, but maybe so. You know, that's something that we'll really dive into. You know, I've been talking to him, and we've been talking to him about how special his changeup really is. And he's got a really good slider and curveball as well, and, and that good fastball. We just got to you know, hone in on that command. You know, last night he just missed some spots. He's trying to go out or third, and he missed too many pitches on the inner third. Uh, you know, he, he, did, he threw a great slider to Garcia, wrapped him around his feet. He swung over top of it. He tried to go back to it a second time and left it middle in, and, and he hit the home run off him. So, you know, that's the part of, you know, understanding that, hey, this is Major League Baseball. These are the best hitters in the world. And, and for you to be one of the best pitchers in the world, you just got to execute your pitches. You know, they, they kind of tell us what they can do and what they can't do. That's what the data is there for. We look at the data, and and if you can't execute what the data does uh, says to do, and you're trying to constantly go into a hitter's strengths, well, you know now the hitter gains a little bit more of a um, success rate off you, and now you're really going to have to execute those pitches or or beat them to the spot. And 
you know, last night for Waldy, he just left a few pitches uh, on the inner third that he was trying to go on the outer third. Those were just mistake pitches for him. But when he executes his pitches, eh, you know, he's going to be a dominant force. I made the prediction earlier this year that there was going to be a tipping point and that bullpens would just completely run out of gas and there wasn't the September call-ups to save them and that we have a lack of starting pitch. We have a lack of starters going deeper into games. We have more usage of our bullpens than ever before. And once again, you're not getting saved by September call-ups. And my prediction was right. We're seeing it with a bunch of teams that their bullpen numbers in September are horrific. Their guys are gassed. Uh, What are you seeing? How's your bullpen doing? Because, you know, the Calvary's not coming. What you got is what you got. Yeah, I mean, uh, yeah, I think you nailed it on the head. You know, you, you look at uh, the, how baseball is trend to the, uh, you know, what I call the five and dive starter. Uh, not only though, uh, you know, a lot of guys are pitching more to swing and miss around. You know, this is all of baseball, not not any any team in particular. But you're going out and you're pitching more to swing and miss, and what comes more with swing and miss just comes more pitches per inning, and then next thing you know. You know, the data always says, you know, you really don't want to face a hitter a third time if you don't have to. And then you got to decide, okay, is it worth bringing in the reliever? Or how long can our starter keep going to, to save save the bullpen? And, uh, you know, it's a, it's, a, it's a tough subject. It's a tough, sticky situation on the fact that, yes, you know, it's sometimes you can be uh, leaning on your bullpen. You know, the tough part is, you know, when you're, when you're five and diving often, uh, you got to expect, you know, three or four guys to pitch really good, and that's hard to do as well. But, uh, you know, that's where the game's at. You know, uh, I do think, you know, Major League Baseball could look at at uh, roster sizes again because, you know, when, when you're dealing in, in you know, a, a business like this, in my opinion, uh, you don't want to hurt anybody. You know, you want people to have active careers, but uh, – you know, at, at some point in time, you gotta you gotta look at the big picture thinking again, and and try to you know, like you said, you know, when our guys are pitching good, we, we want them out there, and when they're not pitching as good as uh, they can be, then then you're trying to win the game too. So, not saying there's a catch twenty two in it, but uh, you know, the game and the numbers do do tell you how to how you should be doing things, and numbers don't lie. I mean, I know we can read them a little bit differently, right? But uh, at the end of the day, I was always sold 300 hitters at 300 at the end of the season. I think about the year and the appearances by Domingo Acevedo. How proud are you of his season and his workload? Well, I'm, I'm more proud of Domingo for his uh, his work ethic. Uh, you know, we, we talked about, you know, and Domingo and everybody will be the first to tell you Domingo doesn't have what you know some people call uh, classic mechanics. Uh, but you know uh, we've asked him to do some drill work you know, every other day or so, nice and easy to to work on keeping his hand inside the strike zone a little bit longer to throw more quality strikes. And the guy has put in a lot of work at doing that. Um, you know he does that, and then every other day. Our bullpen catcher, Marcus Jensen, catches a little bullpen or a little flat ground with him uh, and encourages him about his, his location. So that's fun to watch as well. You know, I get to watch him throw to Marcus, 
when I get to watch Domingo uh, come up on the mound and do some dry work. And, and, you know, I'm hoping that give has been giving him a lot of confidence because he's gone out there and taking the ball every day, uh, every time we've asked him to take it. And I just think uh, the world of what uh, Domingo has done for us this year. Yeah, it's been, I mean, to go for, uh, you know, pitching 62 games when your career high was just one year, you had 10 to go to 62 has been absolutely something. I know we we talked about this in the past about, you know, the big thing for A.J. Puck is can he stay healthy in a season? And ding, 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 he has stayed healthy this year. That has been impressive. How do you rate his season, the big lefty in the pen? You know, I think A.J. is, is, you know, we've asked a lot of A.J. Obviously, A.J. has one of our bigger arms out of that bullpen. We've asked him to close some games. We've asked him to go two innings. And he's taken the ball and done that. I think he's, you know, been fairly consistent. You know what you're kind of getting out of A.J. every time he takes the mound. Uh, You know, obviously, you know, when you start looking at somebody's body of work, uh, you know, then you can start dissecting, you know, the future of A.J. What can we do to help him, you know, maintain or get better? You know, we never really want to go backwards, right? But sometimes there's it's, it's hard to, you know, get guys even better than they really are, you know. So I think A.J. has done an outstanding job this year. You know, last night, two scoreless innings and punch outs. Uh, got into the action really well. We'll see how he's feeling today. Uh, you know, that's the one thing, too, that, you know, when you're dealing with guys in, you know, pretty much their first year of full-time big league reliever is, okay, well, how are you feeling today and that's a question after AJ plays catch that Marcus Jensen and I will go to him and and get a get a feel for how he's doing and I've been doing this long enough when the guy says I feel okay that probably means he's not in there the guy says I feel great that means you know he wants back in there and he's feeling good about his body and about what he's doing so you know that that's a that's a uh, that's a process in itself going throughout the course of a year or two is is listening to players talk back about how they're feeling each and every day, you know, and, and for the most part, AJ's taking the ball every time we've given it to him. Well, you know, you're always asking people how they feel. I want to ask you how you feeling. You've been looking lean and mean these days. How's life for you? Uh, hopefully not mean, you know, no, I just, uh, you know, I've been doing a better job this year of, uh, you know, watching what I eat. You know, I I, I know uh, our skipper Mark Conte was talking to one of our players, and I won't bring him up in spring training, but he said, you know, I'm I'm 45 years old or whatever he said, and I feel like I got a better body than you, and I'm not playing in the big leagues anymore. And so sometimes that hits home. You know, you start to think, hey, we're we're leaders by example, and uh, you know, or or hopefully leaders by example. Guys can look and say, well, if, if if this guy can, you know, put in the time to try to feel better about his body and about, you know, the way he moves, and then maybe I ought to think about that. So, you know, I kind of started thinking about that again. You know, I've always fluctuated in my weight. One, because, you know, I, I like to drink adult beverage at one time, which I don't do that anymore. I cut that out of my diet. And then I just, you know, I just try to eat a little bit healthier. And uh, and I feel I feel good, you know, the the, the – the uh, mental health of, you know, us uh, struggling a little bit. It's not always fun each and every day. You know, you 
you know, you, you, you want, you want guys to succeed so much that sometimes, you know, you, you, you feel miserable, but other than that, you know, the, the game is great. It's the greatest game in the world. I love this game of baseball. And, and that's the one thing I always think about is, you know, you know, in, in my mental health is, you know, my wife, my dog, my family, God, and the game. And let's end on this. You know, the, the rule changes. You're going to have 20 games left with the rules that we have, and next year they change, and it's going to be a pitch clock. And you're going to have to get pitches off in 15 seconds or 20 seconds with runners on. You only get to pick off first uh, pick off to a base so many times when a batter's at the plate. How do you feel about the new rules, and how do you think your guys will adjust? You know, I mean, if Major League Baseball has done a lot of studying and if they think that's good for the game, then then, then hopefully it'll be good. You know, you know, I'm a little, uh, you know, I, I like to say I'm not old school, I'm not new school, I'm in school. So if uh, you know we, if we, yeah, if we, if it's if it's the, the better the game to pick up the place, the pace. Sometimes the pace does seem, you know, like hey, let's get a little bit more action. Um, but I think, you know, if you look at the action, it, it's, uh, you know, we're pitching more to swing and miss. And, uh, you know, hitters are trying to do one thing. And, and in general, they're trying to, you know, punish the baseball and, and uh, exit velo. So what comes with that exit velo has come maybe a little bit bigger swing. And then the pitchers are pitching the swing and miss. So now you've got, uh, you know, if the ex- in my opinion, pitchers execute good pitches on guys with big swings the pitchers always have the advantage but you know the two pickoffs I mean it's you know if we're trying to uh, get some stolen bases going then I understand but what's going to happen is in my opinion is you're really going to change the dynamic of pitching mechanics you you know we're going to really need guys to be you know one three or better you know you, you you might be able to be a little slower and under control to the plate uh when you have those two pickoffs but when you lose those two pickoffs you're going to have to, you know, speed it up. You're going to just have to do it. Uh, you know, last night we had a stolen base against us, and, you know, my watch had us around 1-5, and, and that 1-5 with a guy who's able to get a jump knowing that you are you can't pick off, that, that, that goes to the advantage to the base runner. So, you know, as that changes, we're going to have to adapt and change, and, and uh, you know, the runner at second base, you know, how far can that runner really get off second base before you have to make a decision of, okay, am I going to pick them off? So the second secondaries might be a little bit bigger at second base. So, you know, the shift for me, I mean, we've been shifting uh, since Earl Weaver and, and the Baltimore Orioles back in the 70s. He's been moving Belanger and, and um, Bobby Gritch all over the field. Uh, I'd, we've given hitters holes uh, to hit to. And like I said, when you're trying to take big swings and maybe hit some homers, they don't want to take those holes. So, you know, for me, I, 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 I you know, I would have loved that uh, the hitters would have created that opportunity and changed the game by taking what we give them. And there are, you know, the best hitters in the world do do that. You know, they, they take what you give them. But I get it. I understand it. Uh, uh and for me, we just go with it. I mean, these are the rules. It's like that, you know, when people complain about the baseballs, these are the baseballs that we got. Let's just play the game. 
Yeah, it's going to be interesting, and uh, it'll start to play out in spring, and then we'll see the numbers at the start of the year and uh, see if it is making things better for baseball. Emo, it is always a pleasure. I mean, to have you on the show is fantastic. You are gold to us as a guest. Enjoy that Texas two-step one more against the Rangers than four in Houston, and we'll see you back in Oakland. Thanks for having me. This has been a presentation of the Oakland Athletics. Hey, Rob Bradford here. You guys know I'm always up for a good MVP story, and one of the best stories is Wasabi Technology. Wasabi is the world's hottest cloud storage company, and it's become the go-to provider for professional and collegiate sports teams, including 20 major league baseball teams like the Red Sox and NHL teams like the Bruins and Vancouver Canucks. Even the Liverpool Football Club is getting in on the Wasabi action. So why is Wasabi the MVP? Well, Wasabi was purpose-built to free businesses from skyrocketing storage costs and unpredictable transaction fees that the Amazons of the world are charging. In fact, Wasabi is up to 80% less than those hyperscalers and doesn't charge a cent for businesses to access their data. From Wasabi's AI-enabled intelligent media storage, Wasabi Air, to the industry's only cloud storage service with triple protection against cyber criminals, data deletion, and ransomware, Wasabi's taking the lead in driving innovation in data storage and helping sports teams to unleash the power of their data. Wasabi, another Boston-based championship team.